electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Futures did lose some ground here as we set up for an important week. Uh, July quarter earnings, retail sales, Fed minutes, uh, bond yields perked up a bit as B of A upgrades the U.S. consumer today. A roadmap begins with a rate picture. Goldman Sachs expects the Fed to begin easing in Q2 of next year. Also ahead, we're going to talk about what is next for the tech sector. This is in the midst of what's been a rough August, at least so far. Far. We're down 7% month to date. And shares of U.S. Steel. Yeah, letter X surging in the pre-market. Company rejects an unsolicited takeover offer from its rival Cleveland Cliffs. Let's get to some other news, though, uh, as well as we start the show. Uh, PayPal has a new CEO. Whoa. Yeah, Alex Chris, who currently runs the small business and self-employed group for Intuit, is going to take over from PayPal's longtime CEO, Dan Schulman, on September the 27th. That's according to members of the board. A little earlier than expected. Yes, who conducted the search for uh, PayPal's new CEO. Now, Shulman, who earlier this year announced his intent to step down as CEO of the company by the end of the year, will remain a PayPal director until next May. Chris's hiring was the result, I'm told, of a selection process that began in February. It saw the board review nine candidates, some of whom were current CEOs from the fintech and consumer services industries. They reduced that pool to four candidates, and then they chose Mr. Chris. Members of the board selection committee tell me Chris impressed them with his expertise in leading a division that contributes roughly half of Intuit's revenue. He did oversee the acquisition of MailChimp. That was a $12 billion deal. It's an all-in-one marketing platform, owned now, of course, by Intuit, run by him. They believe his focus on small and medium-sized businesses at Intuit will allow him to position PayPal to fulfill its growth ambitions in what obviously is a crucial customer segment for that company. Shareholders in the company, well, as you can see from a five-year, if you take a look, they haven't had a lot to cheer about for some time. The members of the board search committee tell me they met with roughly 20 investors as they conducted the search for PayPal's new CEO. That did include Elliott Management. Uh, as well, Jesse Cohn, of course, who runs activism there, though I'm told that firm had absolutely no role in the actual search. And guys, you know, we all can see the mountain that PayPal climbed at one point. I think it had hit a $350 billion market value. Uh, Shulman has been under pressure, Jim, for some time. Yes, he has. And, uh, and, and again, earlier this year, did announce his intent to step down. He's a young guy, Chris. He's, I think, 46. Yeah. Uh, obviously not as current CEO, though does run uh, about a 7,000-person division at Intuit, but will be taking over a company with some almost 30,000 employees. Wow. I mean, look, this guy, I, I happen to like Intuit. They've come on the show, and uh, the QuickBooks division is a remarkable division for small business. I, look, this could be a coup. I mean, this, I think PayPal needs to have better relationship with merchants because that's where they've been losing out, including to Apple. Uh, I think the PayPal has stumbled. We've been waiting you know, Carl, when you announce that a CEO is, is a lame duck for a year, I don't think that's such a hot idea, <laughs> right? Wow, you know what? Let's let it be. Yeah. 
Here, let's yeah, just let they, hang I, out. I'm told they began the search in February, so it wasn't long after Shulman said, I'm out of here at the end of the year. Um, and obviously, in speaking to a number of members of the search committee, they seem quite happy with their pick, as you'd expect that they right. would. Um, not at all concerned by the fact that he has not obviously been a CEO. In fact, in some ways, embracing the idea that better. this is a guy who has a lot of experience in terms of product facing, will be aggressive, though certainly not going after some big deal such as a Pinterest, but aggressive right. perhaps in bolt-on acquisitions to really try to bring about uh, more change more quickly at well, PayPal. The growth rate there decelerated dramatically, which is why you see that decline. Uh, and just and really, Carl, it was all by surprise. I mean, each quarter was another bad quarter. And I, I was uh, had PayPal on regularly, and each time I got it wrong. I just said, geez, I thought they would turn it. Uh, this fellow, this new guy, I, I only know him as being part of the winning team of a very winning company, Intuit. I was going to see when I get out to San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, Intuit, as we know, has become That's just a great work an, chart, an, an enormous. Yeah, you put one versus the other, and you get a sense here, at least, as to why they, you might be encouraged, uh, 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 given what Intuit's been yeah. able to do, particularly when it comes terrific. to... Yeah. Brad was good beforehand. Right. I, I, I just, I, I admire Intuit. Anybody who, you know, I, was, I owned a couple of small businesses, and you don't need accountants with Intuit with QuickBooks and saves you a tremendous amount of money. I think that the problem with PayPal uh, is that it's just become a commodity. There's a lot of these companies that do what they do. And what happened if you look at a chart of PayPal, uh, let's say overlaid with, Ma- with MasterCard, with Visa, you see that we turned against uh, FinTech and went with old fashioned. And I think that this could be a very good move. Even even the last quarter, uh, they, you know, the, the margins quarter. were under more pressure than had been anticipated. Quarter. Yeah, I mean, I remember we talked about it on air. It wasn't that long ago. No, obviously, and the stock suffered at that point as well. Uh, again, he will take over as of September 27th, ending the long reign Jeez. of Dan Schulman, which saw a lot of success, but uh, there was some a pain huge as measure. well. Let's give. Dan by the way, no clarity. I don't have clarity on whether Elliott is even there, but they took what that two billion dollar stake roughly a year ago. Right. Uh, but haven't at least haven't heard much publicly from that on. And I feel off. I mean. Look, executives come and go, and there was a period where Dan Schulman presided over a run after the separation with eBay. That was a remarkable run. It was. And that would have been a great time when he saw that double-digit, you know, 18, 20% growth. It was, it was remarkable. But I guess it was just unsustainable. And uh, Dan became one of those executives before this where it was beat and raised, beat and raised, beat and raised, and then suddenly it stopped. And it was the classic case, I'm trying to get a book going for Investing Club, classic case of overstep. Just overstayed, this is painful. Yeah, uh, certainly implications uh, for the U.S. consumer. Um, speaking of which, busy week setting up here as we move on to some of these retail learnings that we're gonna get, beginning with Depot tomorrow. And now this call on rates from Goldman Sachs. The firm says it expects the Fed to resume easing in Q2 of next year, maybe 25 basis points a quarter. Uh, but Goldman does warn policymakers that they could uh, rate, rate, hold rates steady if inflation doesn't cool fast enough. Jim, they'd already taken no- November off the table last week. Right. I thought that this was one of these pieces that it's like, you know, a thumb sucking piece. Uh, we get, there could be rate cuts unless they're not rate cuts. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, you know, the Eagles can make the playoffs unless they don't make the playoffs. Uh, there was, I, I just feel like they wanted to talk about penciling in 25 basis points of cuts per quarter. And it's just funny because at the same breath, you have a terrific piece by Dave Costin, basically saying things are getting better. Things are getting stronger. So it would seem, David, a little bit antithetical if there really are better than feared second quarter results that you're suddenly trying to figure out. 
But, you know, Goldman speaks with many voices, uh, including uh, voices from, say, New York Magazine and New York Times about David Solomon. Don't forget Bloomberg. Everybody had Bloomberg. to get on on it. It's it, it's it's overkill. What you doing there? Oh well, you didn't read the piece in, in New York Magazine where talking about he always has a latte in his. Oh yes, I did. No, I read I read Iced. every word of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he was reduced to being a, a finance bro, and I think it's better. He's not a finance bro. Do you no, know what finance bro is? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. He's B- not buried, a buried somewhere in that piece is the fact that the stock is up 50%. Since yeah, David I mean, frankly, out. I'm a buyer of Goldman Sachs. So, like, in the end, hey, how about a little realism? Goldman Sachs is the cheapest stock if they do get out of some of the rest of the remaining things, which we're not all diesel. I mean, it was like Lloyd Blindfine's getting a pass to Rooney McFaddy here. He really is. I agree what with you. What a pass. I agree with you. He started them down the road in consumer. Now, to, to be fair, Solomon did increase their. He goes to Hamilton and, and the, he's like, attacked. obviously, the, the acquisition that they made, which was not well-timed or well, well, anything. Right. Uh, but this is a little absurd. By the way, when it comes, we're talking now about David Solomon as the CEO, of course, of uh, who is the CEO of Goldman Sachs and what has been just this avalanche of negative coverage, basically all of which seem to say that the guy is, uh, uh, well, I can't use the word what, here. So but not suited. <laughs> it's not. Right, I'm taking the other side. You know what? I'm taking I, the other let side me just, right now. Let me just tell you that what, at least, the, I, I, this has been, a, I mean, this has been going on for so Enough long. People already. questioning whether he's going to maintain his leadership there. And I'll tell you, I've, 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 uh, it, I haven't heard that this board is in any way ready to say Not anything. Not at all. And I'm staying current you know, on this. The board uh, likes it. The lead director's bio, take a, you know, out of bio. The board likes take a, take, it. Talk to him, because I don't believe at all that they're ready to make a move they're in not. any way. They're and not. Nor is there somebody even that they could identify. Were they ready to make and a I move? And I am so not in line. You're not? No. Thank no. you. Yeah. Okay. Just want to make no, sure. No, I am taking, D. Sol- I'm taking David Solomon's side here. This this was another thing. He goes to Hamlin. He's like a great beneficiary of Hamlin. I mean, he's done a chair, terrific chair job. trustee board, right? Yeah, he's done a terrific it's, job there. I mean, can we just stop attacking him for know, anything I mean, he does? Wait, he, like, I, maybe his shirt looks bad today. Maybe he's got maybe a, you know, pilting. show that, he's, that he's listening a bit more. This was the... Oh, no, he's not... This, I mean, that piece um, was a savage piece. It was savage. It was I mean, good it could be read. Like, I've, had pieces good read. I've had pieces written about me like that, and they're like, you know, my wife would say, hey, listen, if you get a chance, don't read the... Don't read the uh, New York Magazine this weekend. I mean, you might not like the uh, restaurant reviews. You know, but all of this avalanche of, of, of criticism does not, I, I don't believe, mean that uh, that he's going anywhere. Not at all. But who's um, orchestrating at this point? We don't know. Jim, I don't know. It is. I mean, it's the partners. It's the ex-partners, obviously, are behind that. They, you know, they. Right. But the but board itself, which does more to have matter they gotten the, the memo that it's not a. It's not a partnership anymore, or they didn't? Yeah, I mean, I want to own this stock so badly for my child trust. We own Morgan Stanley, and Gorman is departing. And one of the main reasons why we want to own it, we talk about it, it. we have an investment meeting this this Thursday. I fear Gorman leaving, but I don't want Solomon to leave. He had to get rid of all this junk that went into this retail market. Mayo say this morning that if he were to leave, stock would suffer? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's breaking Um, ranks with all this stuff. And I don't think everything started with Solomon about this retail move, which was a disaster. No, it didn't. He was following through on a a strategy that was already put in place by Blankfein. Right. If Blankfein Um, spun disc, let's say he did. I mean, one time I did an interview with Solomon. Maybe the guy's got to. He may have to listen to more. Maybe he can improve his his contact to a certain extent. 
People don't like it when you're mean to them, apparently. Sean is not a mean guy. I, I, listen, I've talked to the guy plenty of times and had him disagree with me. Has he ever been mean to you? No, I mean, he disagrees with okay, me. Okay, so we went so to the what? CEO you're council. So what? You're allowed to disagree. Okay, went to the CEO council. You're even allowed to make and a face and tell me I'm yeah, an idiot. But I'll I, tell you you're an idiot. Yeah, right, and you're an idiot. And then we move I, on. I went to the CEO council and I, with my wife, with Lisa, who, if I mention one more time, I'm done with her. Not unlike how they said he's done with his wife. And I sit there, it's probably totally impertinent. So I, I see him coming and I say, oh, shoot, it's Solomon. It's just hard on him. Just, you know, all right, well, just, you know, be cool. And I come and he goes, Jim, how you doing? And I just, Lisa, well, you, you know, gotta, I think you to be together. Yeah, if you're and him, like, you can't. You can't. And like, my wife says, what is, like, you are such a nothing. Obviously, you mean nothing to him other than the fact that you seem like he likes you. You got to keep a happy and face if you're David Solomon. And that's David Solomon. And that's why I am but, all in. All my chips are in on Solomon. Because my wife says, you got to understand, whatever pressure that guy's under, he seemed like a terrific guy. <laughs> Talk to the board. By the chips way, Mont- I did. Tom Montag joined that board only, I mean, oh, and literally weeks ago. Divisive. Everybody loves Montag. What is that? Um, I'm all in. Yeah. I'm even throwing my friend Greg Kukin. Wow. You're all in. From all in on club. Solomon. I'm all in. I didn't in. expect wow. that. I'm so all in. It, is it, is it going to be a charitable trust name, or we don't know yet? You're I'd thinking love about to. It. I'm worried about Morgan Stanley without him. I think Goldman's cheaper. When he, look, he said to me, he goes, listen, you Do you ever do anything in that charitable trust? Do you ever sell or buy anything? Yes. Well, oh, we, we talked God, about I'm some constantly. sales the last couple you weeks. Do. I feel like, I feel like oh, it never like changes. You are my worst enemy. I work my I guess. I know you do. All right. I think you, ra- you raised some I'm, cash in Procter. Exactly. Yes. And, yeah. I, right, you know, and right. I'm looking at buying Goldman Sachs as but long I see as Solomon's there. You sit there. here sometimes with your losers in particular, and you don't sell oh, them. You made me sell Bowie. I sold Bowie at the bottom because you just in- you intimidated me oh, every day. And fault. now oh, I don't me. sell enough. That was my fault. Oh, you bet it was. Hundo P. We're going to get to Boeing because uh, over it, here. It, it does get added to the U.S. <laughs> one list today uh, over at B of A. Yeah, I what? sold U.S. Steel on Friday. How's that? You like <laughs> that was genius. That was just genius. Way to go. Speaking of Goldman, though, certainly in the M&A market, we'll uh, talk some M&A in the spotlight today as U.S. Steel does surge after rejecting this unsolicited takeover bid from Cleveland Cliffs. A lot of stuff to get to this morning in media and autos and Tesla and Nikola. Uh, more Squawk on the Street continues after a break. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Got some breaking news on autos and some hires over at Ford. Let's get to Phil LeBeau. Morning, Phil. Carl, Ford is hiring Peter Stern, a uh, longtime high-ranking executive at Apple who will come in as Ford's 
head of integrated services. That is a C-suite position. He will be hosting a call with Ford CEO Jim Farley next hour where they'll talk about his new position at Ford and the goal that Ford is working towards, which is really to take software as a service and expand it within its portfolio of electric, electric and connected vehicles. Significant here, the significance here is that Peter Stern had presumably worked with Doug Field when Doug Field was at Apple, but has been at Ford for the last year and a half. And during an, uh, an analyst day about a month and a half, two months ago, uh, Doug Field gave a, an extensive presentation talking about his vision and Ford's vision for software and connected vehicles to be a larger part of the Ford portfolio, as well as a larger contributor to the bottom line in the years to come at Ford. So Ford taking another step in that direction, hiring Peter Stern from Apple. He will come in in a C-suite position as the head of integrated services. And at that level, guys, we're going to be talking about what Ford can do to take software as a service to the next level. A lot of potential there, not just at Ford, but with other automakers. Question is, how do you really tap into that and monetize that? Phil and, and Jim, uh, Jim Farley doing this tour of the F-150, right. talking with The Rock over the weekend. I saw that. Yep. And look, I think that uh, one of the things that I, I like, Phil, is, is that uh, there's a there's a budding partnership with Salesforce and well, I shouldn't say budding. Jim will say it's already big with Salesforce uh, for, again, the uh, small business. Does it have is, is it just for show, Phil? I don't think it's for show, Jim. I do think, and look, I've talked with a lot of people, both at Ford as well as other automakers, as veteran as well as other veterans in the auto industry. And the question I've always put to them is, when does software as a service and integrated services, when does it truly pay off? Great potential there. We've known about this for years. There's nothing new there. And everybody believes that they're close. And I say they, the auto industry is close. It's just a question of how do you unlock that? Ford Pro is going to be the first area where they're going to unlock that. Commercial vehicle sales and the commercial portfolio, that's a huge asset at Ford. And if they can have Peter Stern, along with Doug Field, as well as the rest of their executives, really find a way to turn Ford Pro into a great revenue generator on a regular basis beyond the sale of the vehicle, they're starting to do that. That's really the key here, Jim. Whether or not you or I are willing to pay for software as a service, I think we're a number of years away from that truly happening. Some automakers are starting to scratch the surface, but you and I are still not to the point where we're willing to pay regularly for certain software services within our vehicles. Totally agree. And I have, I have a Ford. My daughter's a Ford, Phil. And we just don't see it, the utility. But then again, we're not small business people. But yeah, I mean, in terms of right. valuation, you are dead right. I just can't lump it in. I'm more interested in the September 14 uh, labor date than I am in, well, in yeah. the for service, right? A absolutely, and for good reason. Look, it's going to be a nasty, nasty fall in Detroit. Yes. Uh, thanks, Phil. Uh, Phil LeBone, we will get to some of the estimates this morning out of city about what a strike would mean for the automakers. He's got some price cuts at Tesla as well in China. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash and Count down to the opening bell in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com.
All right, it's time for a mad dash. We've got about seven minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. And why not? Let's talk some more NVIDIA. Okay, so NVIDIA has been going down. It's been the leader in the decline of the NASDAQ, uh, arguably even more than Apple. Uh, this morning, Morgan Stanley recommends it, says it's going to be beaten raised on August 23rd, and Bank of America likes it too. Now, I'm going to warn people, nobody likes NVIDIA more than I do. This stock is not rallying yet. It can churn maybe, <laughs> flop and chop. I had a great chartist on Larry Williams who says it's going to be the worst stock in the, uh, in the month of August. But all I want to do is tell people, look, just because the stock uh, has a great product, we do. We know that they've got the graphics cards for AI. Does not mean that it can, that it can grow to the sky. And this is a quarter that's already been pre-announced with $4 billion more sales than people expected. And everyone is turning on. I was at a party this weekend, okay? And all I heard was like, you stuck me in NVIDIA. Are you kidding me? Surrender. Are you kidding like, me? You know, what do I do? How do I get, how do I get out of this NVIDIA? You if, stuck me. Yeah, yeah. How do I get out of this NVIDIA is the most important thing. And one person had the guts to call it a dog. I named my dog NVIDIA, and then it died. So I didn't need to hear the postmortem obituary about NVIDIA. So I will just say, look, don't, don't, like, don't, don't get in it then. If you can't take the pain, don't get it. Get out of it. But I still like it. That doesn't mean I'm saying buy the stock. Right. I am saying that the, we have stocks in this market that go down. Okay. ServiceNow, I like that stock. It goes down. Salesforce, I like that stock. Sales Dreamforce is coming. It goes down. Stop sweating the program and, st- and just accept the fact that stocks go down. And that's all I'm saying. Understood. Stocks go down. Right. And, and but I, you still want to own it. You still want right, to long term. And how can was, you not? And by was, the way, that's just one year. Let's right, we can go right. back it ten was up years. Two hundred percent. You have the NASDAQ you've liked the this S&P. stock. We should point out you've liked the stock for I don't even know. I, how I would you know, you it's know been, I've liked it since I first saw it when it was in eight years. North, I don't know uh, nine years. When I mean, Aldi North America. That's how you create. I got it right here. Okay, I got it right here. Look and at the that. reason I got it right there is because I went out with the Saudi, with the Audi North American exec, and he goes, and I said, who are all the semiconductors? They're a company called NVIDIA. I said, that's gaming chip. He goes, chip, why don't you do some homework? I, when they say do some homework and I don't know, I do it. And I came back and said, maybe this is the greatest story of all time. And I'm saying that those who are now saying, how could you have hurt me, NVIDIA? Get the heck out of NVIDIA. I don't care who you are or what you are. I'm finished with you. Okay, you heard it there. We got an opening bell just a few minutes away. By the way, you know, if you want to catch us anytime, anywhere, or maybe even just listen to the entire show one more time, because it's that good. You just want to hear it over and over. We have a podcast. It's called the Squawk on the Street Opening Bell Podcast. We mentioned Boeing earlier this morning. B of A today adds it to the U.S. one list, replacing uh, Northrop, Jim. Uh, a lot of discussion about capacity coming online for the airline industry well, in Q3. I, I just think that, yes, Boeing is the right stock, and it's been going up. It's one of two stocks in the Dow that have been consistently going up in this period. Cisco, the other one. And i, I, I got to point that out because I have not pointed out enough about how strong Cisco has been. Uh, those are the two that people want. I will say this. Uh, there are, there's very little uh, pin action off of Boeing. Boeing is going up. The suppliers are not going up. Uh, but I do think that it's become one of the situations with you can do Boeing or you can do GE. That's the only one other one that works. And GE, Vernova does, which they still own. They own this wind. They own the renewal business. And they're doing okay. They've announced an acquisition for a software acquisition. But this is so it's not a pure play on aerospace. But I like GE and I really like Boeing. And I wish that my child would just own Boeing. But I, I kind of stopped. A great lesson about taking heat. 
and I'm going to talk about it this week because it's, it, of course, the fault was mine. If I really had conviction, I never would have sold it. My conviction was tested by all the screw-ups. And there were many screw-ups. They were. Let's get the opening bell here on the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. And the big board, it's Graham Corporation, manufacturer of equipment for energy, defense, and chemicals at the NASDAQ. It's Consolidated Water, a developer and operator of advanced water supply and treatment plants. Uh, Jim mentioned Cisco, earnings Wednesday night. Uh, on Friday, Jim, Citi did open a positive catalyst watch on well, better enterprise spend, and I know you saw the Okta upgrade today. Well, I think that uh, Okta, yeah, well, that, and I think that could lead to good. If you like Okta, you should love Palo Alto, which a lot of people are down on because they report on a Friday, and people feel there must be something wrong. That's not true. Look, there could be something wrong, but it's not anything to do with the Friday. Cisco, I have been remiss in talking about how Chuck is, Chuck Robbins is doing a lot behind the scenes that is AI and doesn't get the AI premium, which is good because there's too much hype in AI. You think so? Well, I think that people haven't been able to figure out exactly what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, every company is oh, experimenting so with it. it. Yeah, but it's going to be, generally, it's going to be, it is going to be incredibly significant. It already is. I mean, you saw, I'm sure, the journal piece today, what people are paying for AI engineers. Remember, right. I even introduced this idea of a prompt engineer. This is a real job. Well, people pay 150000 bucks a year to guys, people who can figure out the proper ways to prompt the engine. Very true. Now, I will um, tell you that the best single piece I have read about what AI will do was the Boston Properties conference call. Okay, They tell say me there more. are two kinds of workers. This really is like one of the most thoughtful pieces ever. There's knowledge workers and support workers. A, they are absolutely convinced that AI is making knowledge reporters, knowledge people, more effective. So the knowledge people get need to be in A-class buildings, top buildings. The support people tend to be in B and C-class buildings, and they are being whittled away by AI. So that's how it's looking. Support is not as needed, and knowledge needs AI at much more. Now, that is from a rank-and-file company that actually does right. make so a lot of sense. So it is really seen as a productivity enhancement for exactly. people who yeah. already are. Because, when, you know, again, we're all trying to figure this out, and it's going to be years until we have a better sense. And then, of course, once it takes over humanity, we don't have to talk about it anymore. But... Um, there has been a view that the creative, the creative ranks actually were most at threat. It kind of turned it upside right. down. And the advertising stocks have been the worst performers so far in, in, in the last quarter. And yet I find that Jensen Wong met with some of the advertisers. They don't think they are. But, you know, Carl, when you admit a company that is the same kind of company they would use Intuit, use PayPal, they find that they're creative to hire someone in that group, even hire Monday.com which reported this morning, and yeah. I thought the quarter looked very good, but you know, in this in this environment, it, it's so hard to get anything enterprise software to do up. I think that was a good quarter. You, you really want to at least see what ChatGPT does for you. It might do something more important, more thought out, and I think that that's winning out, particularly for small business people that don't have the money to hire someone to develop a very competitive website. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, you know, we had the writers AMPTP meeting on Friday, and then this journal piece this morning. Luckily, there was no uh, sort of angry press release in the wake of this next this latest meeting. But the journal has this piece about a job at Netflix managing um, machine learning for nine hundred thousand. Nine hundred thousand dollars. Amazing. So it's it's real. I just think that Amazon's able to try to figure it out. I think Alphabet's trying to figure it out. Uh, I was with someone uh, from the union this week who said, "Why don't you guys follow Halibut?" 
how contentious the union is, the, the strike. The writers or the actors? Yes, the, the writers just like, really? So you're just missing a major story. This is like old-fashioned brass knuckle fighting. It is. And a lot of it is how much money the CEOs make. Yes, uh, the, the unions will go back to that, um, perhaps rightly so, in terms of the differential income at the highest levels. By the way, we can all go back to that, too. I mean, I don't, you know, well, all I our just, bars, you know, and in the entertainment media industry in particular, I think there has been a tendency yeah, towards paying I, you enormous pay packages at the CEO level. That, that hasn't become part of the auto back and forth, necessarily. No, there's no. Comp. Although he went after them. Well, uh, Sean Fain is attacking. Sean Fain did a little yes, bit. Yes, but yeah. he's, all, he's more attacking the investors, the investor class, the rich. You know, this is a person who, the head of the UAW, believes that, I, I would say to use the term that I learned at, at college, a kleptocracy of people who are feasting off the worker and have done much better. And more importantly, who he's really after in a subtle way is previous previous UAW leadership, yeah. which is caved and caved and caved. And I think that that's more of a an attack than a, of management, but an ma- attack of the previous leaders who just gave in, and he wants a lot of that back. Now, some firms are saying that he wants $80 billion back. Well, those companies are beginning to reflect that as they stocks go. I mean, GM, Mary Barr, I think, is doing a terrific job managing the ice to electric transition, and that stock has just been... That sells at four times earnings, which means that the that September 14th strike is going to happen, and also at the same time means that they have too much inventory. I just think that that stock, I don't want to say anything's a bargain ahead of a strike, but Mary Barr is doing a good job, and that stock does not reflect even one ounce of her doing well. Right. Um, speaking of unions, guys, they're, gonna, they're going to be important if, in fact, you do get a potential sale of U.S. Steel. Oh, well, they I'm so figure, glad you brought that up. They figure prominently in that as well. This morning, obviously, the markets are now dealing with uh, the news over the weekend, which is that U.S. Steel has essentially put itself up for sale, announced strategic alternatives. It was prompted to do that by an unsolicited offer it received from Cleveland Cliffs. Uh, and that offer was uh, half cash, half stock. It was worth about 35 bucks at the time, at least. It was 17 and a half bucks in cash, 1.023 shares of Cleveland Cliffs. Interesting, of course, from a Cleveland Cliffs perspective, in part because this is a company that has been delevering for the last couple of years. Right. A combined company, by the way, would be 40% of the flat-rolled steel market, 60% of auto, just... automobile-grade steel, uh, Talking, of, speaking of autos. And uh, so it's not just getting the support of the unions, but, of course, something we talk about oftentimes here, getting support of the antitrust regulators. Right. You have to imagine... That Nightmare. would not be easy. I'm a con on this. You're with. Well, she, I have. I have. I mean, come on. If you have. Well, we don't even know if it's DOJ or FTC. I don't even know oh, what she would D- typically well, take on. Uh, take more. on. Take on this. The um, the reasonable. board of directors of uh, of U.S. Steel basically responded uh, to the CEO of Cleveland Clips in the following way, saying, "Hey, you know, they got a letter on July 28th. They got went back and forth a little bit, but they wanted them to sign an NDA. Uh, take a listen." to the language, so they could further clarify on several key issues, including valuation of the stock component of your proposal, uh, as well as regulatory risk and timing. Uh, and they say they were shocked to receive a letter on Friday, August 11th, stating Cleveland Cliffs refused to sign the nearly completed NDA unless we agree to the economic terms in advance. So that's where things stand, Jim and Carl. Well, I got to tell you that you have a great interview at 11. I'm not on the 11, but uh, Carl will have it. Who's a fiery 
incredibly great operator. And it would be uh, fantastic. I think it's very funny. You got this 40% number. If you get a president that allows dumping here, that number goes to 20. Right. So I think that this is something that we ought to be thinking about. because Do our you country, create a U.S. champion in some way? Like yes, a worldwide champion? I think so. So I maybe th- you let a deal like that go through? Well, I think... What's his argument going to be for why the antitrust authorities well, should allow to, this? I think he ought to be. The argument should be, okay, look at the worldwide, what worldwide portion they have. This should be viewed as a worldwide decision, not as a U.S. decision. And that's what I think he'll do. And I think it makes a ton of sense. And I think if the Justice Department or FTC were to look at the worldwide values of steels, we need a steel company like this. Uh, we've got Nucor, which is a competitor. And we would have one company that could champion us. ArcelorMittal could come in. Don't forget, if the Chinese found another way to dump, believe me, they would. I like this deal very much. But I know that I fear that the exec- the people in the FTC will look at this thing as being domestic and therefore too, too powerful. Uh, we'll see. Uh, the, the news is crossing in a tape where zinc, aluminum, copper, uh, lowest since June on some of these Chinese concerns. Well, the Chinese stores. We'll get, we'll get their eco data uh, this week as well. God, now this week we saw China, Chinese, another company, which is a trust company. I mean, I think one of the things that's really amazing is that we literally do not know half these players. No. I mean, you see this giant um, trust company that... That sounded like manufacturers handover for a sec. They have this stuff. They have so many levered outfits over there. They do. Listen, the Chinese economy is a is a ticking time bomb. Key consideration for many people right well, now. Well, I've right? talked about the president's I fundraiser mean, comments on Friday. I mean, I know I, ticking I, time bomb may have been a bit, a bit much. Well, well, I just think that um, they are in retreat in a way that I, I did not expect. I, under Trump, obviously, there were they did tariffs, but here. They're doing chip. They're doing semiconductors, and it's very difficult to go to the next generation of any product. Well, I mean, you, right, you can make shampoo. Na- it's a national security. I mean, Coca-Cola is right? no problem. But there's a good stock to own, David. That looks kind of like. Why uh, don't those meme jokers go after like, Country Garden? Kind of looks like WeWork or uh, Wheels Up. Do you know or, that my garden's or, worth more than Country Garden or Cano Health? Did you see this Cano Health? No, you, it's too small to talk about. Is it now? Because it wasn't when when Barry Sternlich put in 50 million in the pipe. Um, yeah, I guess it is now. Yeah, well, country there's, there's garden. What we're talking about country I garden. You were talking toma- about this last well, week. Well, I had a tomato harvest this weekend. It's so big that it, it, I, I realized it's garden? worth more, easily worth, worth double a country garden, <laughs> and not nearly as levered, by the way. Um, and, and you don't have to ship it. It's already here. Right, it's already done. He's not even laughing. I bought more ball jars. I can, I'm doing more I'm for this. I'm still the, just amazed at some of the the, the the spacks and what. I mean, not amazed. I talked about it every day, being crazy. But what? this can no help it. I had them on. It was Almost a big zero. mistake. So, big mistake yeah, to have them 36 on. Cents. 36 cents. Walmart's going higher and higher with these retails I'm, I'm, this weekend. I'm glad you brought that up, Jim. When do they oh report? Today? When do they this report? Week. This week. What day? Uh, it's, I think, uh, well, Wednesday or? I think Why don't we just be more specific? It's the report on the 17th. Walmart is Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Tomorrow's Depot. I'm worried about, I'm worried but, about Targo. Uh, Target Wednesday. But the stocks reflect some just, you know, there was a downgrade this week of a, last week of a company called Stanley Black & Decker, which I like very much. We own it for the trust. We bought it for the trust. We do things. Uh, uh, and uh, I mean, a lot of it was a veiled reference to Home Depot not doing well. I point out there's a company called AZEK, A-Z-E-K, that is sold not exclusively through Walmart, but very heavy. And this is decking, artificial decking. And they are having a great, great quarter. And I think that, that Home Depot is not... Yeah, look at that, huh? That. Right. Yeah, that's the guy used to run 3M. Jesse Singh, he's terrific. He was number three. Oh, decking, huh? 
It's, I, 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 remember, it. I, remember, it's a, I remember when those guys I came. put them on. Yeah. I put them in. At 28, I put them on. He said, look, you know, things are great. But they are, you know, that's a proxy for Home Depot. Yeah, I Wolf, think Wolf did cut Stanley to underperform. I, know, on I thought that was a very yeah. ill-founded. But Jim, today, uh, B of A, Savita ups consumer discretionary to overweight, and says it's time to get. Has ten reasons why it's time to get cyclical here. I thought that was incredible. I mean, geez, you know, this, one of the things. If you're at home, you're bombarded with the cross currents. Are incredible. Time to get cyclical because what the Fed's done tightening. Okay, That's a good, but one of the reasons, in right. addition to right. larger median deposit balances, a lot of fixed mortgage. Debt. Well, then why don't you just go buy J.P. Morgan? David, I read The House of Morgan. I'm fin- almost finished it. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Um, is that, who's, is that tur- that's another churnout. Churnout's yeah. unbelievable. Oh, yeah. But J.P. Morgan is, it, is an incredibly well-run company that is just the class. I happen to like Charlie Sharp and Wells Fargo, who's is le- more levered. Well, but, she's arguing you go value, you go small cap, you go early cycle. Well, you know, you could get those could be, you could be stuck in them forever. I like Wells Fargo. It's liquid. It's big. It sells for 43. It's 3.2% yield. Charlie Sharp is buying back millions of shares, and Charlie's one of the nicest people in the business. That is not true. I know. I was, it, it was a checklist of the things. Just yes. making yes. sure yes. I was listening. listening. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I mean, I'm not see. saying he's not a nice guy. I know friends who play golf with him. He's like, a tough guy. He's a tough guy. Well, he's a tough guy, and that's why yeah. I think he's going to turn around Wells. Look Still at Still turning around? Still? Well, it took years. The board had to go. The, Staff. I mean, the, remember, the federal government didn't care for Wells. In February of 2018, they sanctioned them. They haven't even lifted the sanctions yet. Look at Goldman. Just Speaking, on the, yeah. What is that? Just on the negative publicity? I don't know. Then he might leave? I, I, by the way, what, what, what stock goes down if he leaves? He's not going anywhere. He's not. Not going anywhere. Well, I, then why, I, uh, why are these the endless articles? They're just wasting ink, wasting trees, wasting whatever they still waste. I don't even know. I don't know did man. you it's mention like uh, Hawaiian Electric earlier? No. I, yes, mm. as, as a stock that I was, I shouldn't have joked about it because it's tragedy down there. I, I was making fun. David was saying, you know, Jim, you sold Boeing. And I said, right. I bought Hawaiian Electric on Friday, which I did not. Hawaiian Electric is one of those companies that, you know, could be like PG&E. You know, Pacific Gas and Electric, remember when they just got completely just crushed by the fires. Yes. And then, you know, then uh, Patty Poppy comes in and turns it around, but they had to have a trust. They had to have a trust for it. So well, this is worth watching a wide electric, which has always been one of the cheaper electric companies. Um, wanted to come back to the story we led the, the show with, namely uh, PayPal announcing a new CEO. Sure, they've, they've come out with the release. Uh, Alex okay. Chris, as we told you, uh, president and CEO, effective September 27th of PayPal, replacing Dan Schulman, of course, company's longtime CEO. You know, you mentioned turnarounds, Jim. Yeah. I, I don't know if you could term it that. The board obviously says, listen, the businesses he's overseen it into it have become market-leading end-to-end customer growth engines and platforms true. For, for small and mid-market companies and entrepreneurs to enable them to grow and run their business with confidence. Uh, he's uh, led, by the way, the small business segment at Intuit uh, for the last five years. He's grown customers and revenues at a compounded annual growth rate of 20 and 23% respectively. That's very good. Obviously, the board quite happy with PayPal their choice was used here, to be that. Having indicated to me that they uh, reviewed as many as nine candidates, took that down to four, and then made their choice of Mr. Chris, uh, obviously quite recently. Also having spoken to as many as 20 investors sort of around the process, not specific to getting any names, but just simply trying to get a sense from investors as to what and how they were thinking about the company. Well, Square and PayPal have been the two losers. And then one of David's favorites, Visa, 
and MasterCard have been the two winners. And if you look at the at the Visa MasterCard moves, these are basically saying, okay, look, that was really fun with the fintech. Glad you had a foot. Glad you had a good time. Buy Visa and buy MasterCard, and that's what I want to do. I think MasterCard is an incredible company, and Visa is amazing, amazingly well run. So if you want to play fintech, play the original fintech. Play MasterCard. Um, and otherwise, the star of, uh, of the stock market right now is uh, Comcast. Well, it was an incredible article. That's our parent company. It was an incredible article in, in Barron's about it, talking about the six different divisions, of which probably maybe the least important, believe it or not, is video. And broadband doing incredibly well. David, what did you think about the... Hulu valuations people are talking about. I don't. You know, we'll see. That process could end up being a little more fraught in terms of just the back and forth. Really? Obviously, our parent company, Comcast, is going to want as high a valuation as possible for its 33%, which it will be getting bought back by Disney soon. Uh, beginning of the year is it's when they can. Be, it's not going to be $9 billion. You think it's, it's going to be, be more? You think it's going to be more think, than the floor? I think that it could be worth it $50 billion. How you go about, it depends how you go about measuring well, it, which obviously is going to... They do have a process, and they're going to have independent. And so you get... You come to an agreement. Well, um, I'll tell you what's interesting. You know, the wild card, which you always hope that your team's in NFL playoffs, wild card's owned by Peacock. Mm. It paid up. So, I mean, look, you may buy Peacock for the wild card and then cancel, um, which is a, a jerk thing to do. But I, I know that I got to watch the wild card. You know, the, anybody, if, you're Eagle, if your team's in the wild card, you're not, you don't just sit there and say, I'm going to listen on the radio. Back to the strike. What's going to be on all these uh, streaming services in six months from now? Carl, like, what, what are they going to have other than reality programming? Three uh, news. News. Yeah. <laughs> and sports. Yeah, three stooges. <laughs> no, sport. look, sports is still, you know, global sport, global football is still incredibly popular. You know, tomorrow night, the union plays Miami in Philadelphia. That's messy. Now, I don't know if you've been following what's going on with, with soccer. Messi's scoring a lot of goals. Messi's the most exciting person. By the way, he's very good, apparently, at this game. I don't know if you've, if you've heard. Interesting. I can't yes. wait to learn more about him. Yes. Apple he's has very, that very contract. Good. The MLS contract. Really? We didn't know that, Jim. Yeah. You haven't mentioned that. <laughs> you ever talked to Eddie Q about that? Eddie, Eddie did Eddie Q ever talk to you about that at all? All the time. Yes, we know. We, we know. talked about, yeah. talked about like, the semifinal, how they beat Corrette. Nobody has spoken more about, about Apple and about soccer Corrette. than really, you. Really, no they beat Corrette no on Friday. It was a big deal to beat Corrette. While we're talking about things to watch, uh, AMC, uh, worst day oh, yeah. here in a couple of years as uh, this stock conversion plan, Jim, uh, finds happens. its way in the courts once again. Well, you got well, the, don't forget, yeah, yes, the, the ape side. You, you get that. They're allowing it. You get the ape. The apes are split. doing better now. This, yeah, but this, yes. uh, this split of ape. Yes. He did, you know, Herb Greenberg had a really good piece this weekend about Tupperware and how the memes are being played or, like or, fiddles. Or, yeah, or Dan Loeb's take on how fundamental analysis is taking a backseat to Reddit message boards. Yeah, and just what fools they are. Now, I, I beg to differ. They managed to code these companies, and they saved them. They saved Carvana, made a lot of money if they got out. They uh, made Tupperware to a level where the bankers think that they... You know, that they made fools of them. But then again, if you got in and get out, you want to play that game. I mean, that's like, you know, you go to the casino. This is going to the casino. I'm not comfortable with the casino anymore, but it's, you know, it's not as good as blackjack. It's not a skill game. Right. It's more of a wheel of fortune. For the slots. I think, I think to say that Adam Aaron is not on like a slot machine is not wrong. Okay. You know? Ding, ding, ding. Well, let's go to break here, get a look at the bond report. Uh, we will get our normal uh, three- and six-month uh, auctions today. Interesting, Bill Gross on television Friday saying fair value for the 10-year right around 4-5. 
in addition to the eco data that we'll get later in the week, retail sales on Tuesday and FOMC minutes on Wednesday. We're back in a moment. Watch Nikola today. Uh, latest recall here of some of their battery-powered commercial trucks. They're recalling over 200 of them. Doesn't sound like a lot, but as the journal points out, it's actually 60% of the number they've produced in the last year and virtually all of them that have been shipped. Uh, shares down a 9% as we get other news in the EV space with these Tesla price cuts in China. Take a short break and squawk on the streets back in a moment. Time for Jim and Stop Trading. Well, the company they call a junior salesforce.com, Monday.com, reported a very good number, 42% growth year over year, net dollar retention 110. I think those are the most important numbers. Uh, they, they did a non-GAAP operating income, 60 million, but this thing is taking off. And this matters because this is a classic enterprise software customer relations management platform with many other different things on the platform that could get people to start thinking, you know what, these enterprise software companies that have been going down week after week after week may be oversold. So watch Monday. If we can hold that gain, you're going to see some people come out and start recommending some other uh, uh, enterprise software companies that people have really walked away from. So let's stay there. Let's watch it. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Yep, absolutely. Thank you. Meantime, Dow's opening lower by about 75 points. Uh, We'll continue coverage this morning. Let's walk on the street. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. Jake from State Farm here, hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow. Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too. So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor... Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.